Blog Talk Radio. Hello and happy Monday. Hello, everyone. Rich has revamped our theme song for mm-hmm. us, so thank you. I don't think that's actually the end one, but it was too cool not to post today. So. Yeah. We enjoyed that. Yeah. The scream scared Amy. It did. <laughs> I listened to it yesterday. He sent me last night, but I didn't get, like, all the way to the end of it. I stopped it when it got to that creepy noise, figuring that was it. It wasn't. Christy <laughs> <laughs> also invested in a new animal today. I did. Share with the class. Oh, man, I, will, I will go bring him. I'm going to go get the animal. She came to pick me up today so we could go take the guinea pig to get her nails cut. So she comes to my house and, you know, we do what we need to do. Take the guinea pig and she just, I asked her something. I asked her if she did something and she said no. I held the guinea pig. <laughs> she said no. She's like, I was preoccupied and shows me this picture of this new animal that she has got. And here it comes. Come on. Say hi. His name is Leonardo. He just ate 14, 15, 15 the last one. And he is, a, he is a shoulder dragon. He's a bearded dragon. Yes. He's but very he's... funny looking. Your feelings. She is not a fan. No, I panicked when I picked him up. But he's a good boy. Right? I didn't say he wasn't a good boy. I'm just saying he was scared. I was, it's, it's an odd yeah. sensation. He's a bearded dragon. He's got armor. So, yeah, that's what's happened today. I made her hold him while I finished setting up his uh, habitat. I like fluffy things. I like little things. I'm not a scaly thing, buggy thing kind of fan. Um, anyway, while we're waiting, because Shaggy is calling in today. She was also disturbed by the crunching of the worms. Oh, my <laughs> God. She put the worms in. 
And he starts eating, and she's like, oh, you can hear it. And I walk into the room, and you just hear crunch, 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 crunch. Nope. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to watch you eat something that's alive. It's a worm. It's still living. She also asked us to feed the worm. They're eating a carrot. They are eating a carrot. Um, but anyway, now Shaggy is supposed to be calling in this week. Last week he had a little bit of a um, emergency, medical emergency at that. I'll let him share if he feels like um, sharing with the class. Although I think he did post about it on Instagram, on his Instagram. Um Let's see. I feel like I got last week's question was if you could investigate anywhere, where would it be? I think I got more people after the fact. Um, Gettysburg, Salem. We've been to Salem. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been to Gettysburg when I was a kid. Yeah. I think as an adult and New Orleans. And then somebody else said I have to Google this one. You know what I'm saying? Hawaii. You know this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hello, Lomania. Weird friend. It's a a forest that has like a circle where nothing grows. You're nuzzling my face, sir. Amy. It wants to be warm. Yeah, there's like a circle in the middle of this forest where nothing grows. It seems like there's some kind of paranormal presence there. All it says on the Wikipedia, according to the legend, the Hoya Forest is the location of paranormal phenomena. Many ghost stories and urban legends contribute to its popularity as a tourist attraction. Lacking any testable evidence, skeptics say these are just stories for entertainment. So, Destination Truth went there. And they were, there was a guy sitting there, and it literally looked like something grabbed him by the back and, like, launched him backwards. And when you look at the video, you could tell, like, it's not a movement that he could have done by himself without noticing it. And that if they would have done it to him, they would have had to have a big rope that, again, you would have been able to see. It also kind of sounds like Blair Witch. As it said, some people believe that the forest is a, get- a gateway to another dimension. Within the dark interior of the forest, people have been known to disappear. Strange lights have been seen. The wind seems to speak. Several stories tell people entering the forest and experience missing time. Some have known to be missing for quite some time with no recollection of how they had spent that time. One such story, you know, never. Yeah, so that kind of reminds me of, like, Blair Witch. Yeah, most adventures went there. Here? Mm-hmm. It's the episode that they do um, Glad to Fashion Thing. I, I haven't watched... Ghost Avengers in a while. Yeah, but there's an episode that they go to Romania and they half of them do Dracula's Castle and then the other half go to the forest, I think. What's the one where I have to wipe my excuse me if you're watching this on video, I have to wipe this. What um what episode was it when I flipped the camera? When Aaron gets his ear touched. The Irish Castles. <laughs> anybody, if anybody watches, there was when they went to Ireland and Aaron gets his ear touched, and he comes out crying. And Zach's like, "What the fuck?" He's just sitting down. He's just like, "Satan himself, dude, touched my ear." And it was funny. 
Okay, but let's see. That was all I got. That Penhurst we talked about, Waverly we talked about. But then we're going to talk about this until Shaggy comes on, and then we can bring him into that conversation. Um, I posted this last night, I think, the night before. It says, spirits work in wondrous ways. How many times have you been missing your loved one only to hear their favorite song randomly play throughout the day? So I posted, I was like, have you ever experienced something that made you think someone you know is there with you from the other side? One person said, uh, when I was getting my first memorial tattoo for my little brother, his favorite song by Bob Marley started playing on Rock and Roll Radio Station. Another woman said, I know my mom is here. We had a paranormal research team investigate, and I heard her voice for the first time in 12 years. She is here to watch over us because of another spirit in the house, a bad guy, some bad spirit. I smell her cigarette smoke a lot. No one smokes in our home or visits that smokes, and we do randomly hear music. I'm a heavy metal girl, and when I, what I hear isn't close. My house is far back from the road, and my neighbors are nowhere close. Kitchell's had some really cool she has. experiences. She has. We, we talked to her um, outside of the podcast. We actually should message her one day. See, we should message her and see if she wants to be on. Yes, I feel like she'd be awesome. And another check. <laughs> well, what about you? Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be music, just like... Well, I also... <clears throat> the The night that my grandmother passed away I had like this crazy dream and my grandmother's been dead 11 years now and like we were at a circus and in the dream in the dream yeah and we never I never went to a circus with my grandmother and you know everybody's running around doing all sorts of things and then all of a sudden like everything stopped and it's just me and her and then like we have this conversation and then just like that she is gone and everyone else came back and when my mom woke me up to help me my grandmother passed away I kind of already knew she was coming into your dream to tell you that she was gone yeah but I also feel like when I got hired in my position at work originally I was brought in on a metering project which just so happened to be my grandfather's department like I went from you know, customer service to being on Sorry. A, a metering project, and during that is when they offered me my full time position. Yeah. So that I found like. A Remember when they offered you your full time position, and Sloan and I showed up at your house with uh, fireworks? Yeah, and you tend to show up fireworks often, and confetti cannons. It was the confetti cannon, and we blasted them straight in her face before we realized that at the bottom of a confetti cannon is this like little piece of like metal metal. They popped out and it, it blew out. It was all over the place. We did it outside at least. At least we weren't the ones that set it off in your freaking living room. That's happened quite a few times. I just said fireworks off inside the house. Which ended up being okay. There was, there was minimal screaming. Yeah, that. there was, uh, I think I screamed more that the carpet was on fire than the person that owns the house. I, I have to post that video. I will post that video and link it because it's pretty funny. No reaction from anybody else, but the one who sets off the fireworks is running around the house with the carpet is on fire. You did it. <laughs> it was on fire. All right, Saggy, let's go. I mean, what I guess you. Do you have any? No, I was trying to think about that when I posted that. Not like that. No. Well, you have your the, your grandmother's blanket. Yeah. 
I wish I had like music. I feel like you can attribute music to like anything though. Like you could be doing something that makes you think of somebody and you'd be like, Oh my god, this song is on because they're here. Yeah. I feel like but I feel like anytime anything like that happens, you can I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about it. God, the guinea pig is really getting to me now. I went so long without her making me itchy. Christy got to hold a nine hundred dollar gecko today. I did too. I had a good game. And the woman didn't even like blink. We were just like, Oh, what's in the box? And she took it out and handed it or something. Her eyes are wondering. God damn it, pig. I'm okay. I have a shoulder dragon. I wish I could explain to you what it feels like. Although that doesn't feel weird. This feels weird. Like extra super duper gritty sandpaper. Yeah, and then if you do it this way, it hurts. It's like... It needs some kind of defense. They all found out in the water. His eyes are closed. Oh, he's a Now they're open. She's also covered in scratches from this thing, and it's fine. He just wants to be loved. My cat doesn't snuggle with me like this. The cat will snuggle with me like that until he slaps me in the face. I would go get the cat, but he'd probably just stare at that thing and then slap me in the face because it's next <laughs> to the head, and then we would have a whole thing again. And I, yeah, the cat has a thing for reptiles. He does not like the snake. He hates the snake more than he hates the guinea pig. He doesn't like the reptiles because the reptiles like her. You know what I want to look up? Because when Shaggy comes on, they, um, I just talked to him before, so I didn't forget. The, um, they went to Villisca, which we've talked about before, but they also went to Malvern Manor. It's not Manor. Oh, yeah, it is Manor. I'm not really 100% sure what that is. Um... Oh, okay, I do remember this. It's uh, built in the late 1800s. It was a family-owned hotel that served as a comfortable place for traveling salesmen to rest their heads after long journeys across the country. For $2 a night, you got a warm bed and hot meals. Could you imagine that still existed? Warm bed and hot meals. And because of its close proximity to the railroad, the hotel was a success and booked solid nearly every night. Unfortunately, as the popularity of automobiles slowly killed train travel, excuse me, the hotel was forced to close its doors and was converted into a convalescent home and minimum care facility. For many years, the building housed patients that ranged anywhere from alcoholic seeking treatment all the way up to schizophrenics. As I'm sure you can imagine, with such a wide range of disorders and disabilities, care wasn't always top-notch. Uh, over the years, both the staff and patients have shared horror stories about the abuse and neglect which occurred during the years Malvern Manor was in service. In fact, the terrible mistreatment of the patients is one of the main reasons that paranormal investigators believe that the building has become haunted by so many strange and sorrowful spirits. While there are many entities and manifestations experienced inside Malvern Manor, one of the most famous ghosts said to haunt the building is that of Grace, a patient who spent her life living in the building. Grace was one of the more disturbed patients in Malvern Manor as she suffered from both schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder. During the, the evening, staff would often hear a man's voice echoing from Grace's room chanting, the devil's coming to get me over and over again in a row, in a low, gruff tone. It was only when they entered the room that they discovered the voice to be coming from Grace herself, as the man was just one of her many personalities. What fucking movie was that split? 
mm-hmm. if you ever want a really like actually decently good movie, Split is good. You're gonna ask about multiple personalities. Um, to this day, Grace's room remains one of the most paranormally active in the entire building, providing ghost hunters with a near constant source of activity. In fact, many paranormal investigators who spend a good amount of time in the room begin to believe that Grace's multiple personalities have continued to exist even in the afterlife. Disturbing EVP recordings and multiple voices, including the gruff tones of the devil man, accompany an overwhelming sensation of being watched are regular occurrences in the small room. Another active area inside Malvern Manor is a room that once belonged to a woman who is admitted to the convalescent home at a relatively young age by her husband. She had become obsessed with the idea that he no longer found her attractive, and the thought began to dominate her every waking moment. Obviously worried about his wife, her husband had her committed in order to help her receive treatment, but unfortunately nothing helped. Staff would find her standing at the mirror in her room, slowly pulling her hair out chunk by chunk. She was medicated but continued to slowly deteriorate, dying shortly afterwards. Visitors often report seeing her, still standing at the mirror, pulling out her hair with an angry expression on her face. Um, Mulver Manor's most frightening phantom, though, is a dark, inhuman manifestation, often felt and seen by investigators who believe the overbearing presence has been drawn to the building thanks to the years of negative energy fostered from abusive staff and mentally unsound patients. That malevolent energy is most often felt in rooms below the attic, which investigators know belong to two patients, one of which spent years physically and sexually abusing another resident before staff discovered. That area seems to be the center of the darkest activity, and when you consider what was happening in that part of Marlboro Manor, it's no surprise that the most sinister force would claim that spot for itself. I do believe, too, if you all know who Johnny Hauser is, he has a show now on the Haunted Space, I believe it is, which is Nick Groff and um, what's the other chick? Katrina. No, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Saints' new like online channel, I guess. Like you have to pay to be a member per month, and you get to watch these like live streams, basically like live podcasts, but videos on there. And um, his first one was Johnny Hauser versus Beliska, and now I think he's in Mulvern. I think it's Johnny Hauser versus Mulvern Manor. He's investigated Mulvern before because I, the when Nick and Katrina did that for Paranormal Lockdown, he showed up. Yeah, but I think that that's now his Johnny Hauser verse. Like he's doing different um, series, and each one he's picking one place and he investigates during the day, one day of the week, like Monday or Saturday during the day, and then like Monday he's at night. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and Paranormal Lockdown did it. It was that extreme energy which drew paranormal investigators Nick Ruff and Katrina Ryman to Malvern Manor, but they spent 72 hours locked inside the building for an upcoming episode. Was that on already? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we'll talk to him about that, too, if you ever called us. We know he is today. <laughs> he posted it on his Instagram. Malvern Manor is also a par- apartment. We got to get somewhere. I was thinking about that today. I feel like we haven't gone somewhere in, like, like even just, like, the woods. Yeah, I think the last time we went to the woods was, like, a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. We went to Lushworth not before, long before that. Yeah. We got to go. Where can anybody notice some other cool shit in New Jersey? One time when we were at the lake, I would like to get to Jenny Jump, even just to walk around. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to pretend that. I'm going to show up again. That's fine. She's just going to leave me alone. You're in danger. <laughs> I'm going to look up Shaggy so we can see where else he's been. He's also super awesome because he 
dyes his hair really awesome colors. Let's see, and I believe he's from Texas, like outside Galveston, maybe. But he's been on before, um, like we said. And if you're watching us on Facebook, awesome. But when you're done, you can also click on um, on our actual podcast link on the post before this uh, live video, because in the podcast, I have the links to his Facebook, Instagram, um, and YouTube. And I think he's actually calling now, so when Christy comes back, we shall answer the phone. Um, but all the links are there, so and we can do it. She's washing her hands. Yeah. I touch my face too much now. She's afraid that. she's going to get some sort of reptile disease. I just got my fingers tattooed. She's afraid she's going to get some sort of reptile disease. Are you going to answer, Jack? I'm waiting for you to sit down. I have a chicken in my mouth. You have a coffee in your mouth? What? What's up? Hello? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, ladies? How's it going? Good. I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> For real. I heard something about uh, finger tattoos, reptiles disease, and somebody had something in their mouth, but I might have came <laughs> in at the wrong time. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I missed something, I- I'm sure. <laughs> I-, I got myself a new bearded dragon, and she was making fun of me for washing my hands after I put it back, but I just got my fingers tattooed, so I don't want them to get infected, and she's eating chicken. <laughs> ah, okay. Now it makes sense. <laughs> so what's been going on? Nothing. How are you feeling? Oh man, I'm I'm a hundred percent now. I dodged a bullet, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should could be painful. <laughs> man, it was crazy. I've never experienced anything like that. But I'm continuing to add uh fresh squeezed lemon into my diet, just in case, because I think that that might have been what destroyed it. Because full disclosure, I didn't <laughs> actually pass anything. I went from pain one day to no pain, and I was like, okay, I, I can deal with that. <laughs> Don't question that. Cause could you imagine having to pee that out? Oh God, I didn't even know what one looked like <laughs> when I when I got back to work. One of the guys at Google that showed me, I was like, that that was inside of me. Oh my God. <laughs> Woo. That is not cool. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad to no longer be I'm glad to no longer be a kidney stoner. I'm like, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well tell us about your how you guys' time in Iowa. Pick a place. Man, that that was a hell of a road trip. It was awesome. We enjoyed it, but I don't think I'm in a I'm not in a big rush to jump back in the car and do another 16 hours of that because that was kind of rough but man um it was definitely you know Velisca was definitely on the para bucket list no doubt and i was so glad to get to finally go there and malvern manor was just kind of a more recent thing i don't know if y'all are familiar with that place or not but uh that is um that's owned by josh hurd who is uh, part of the Ectoplasm Show podcast, the uh, human Jason uh, Kupsik, 
they do that. And uh, big shout out to those gentlemen because they actually got us in there. And um, in fact, that's probably one of the reasons why the trip happened because we weren't really planning to do a big trip like that this year, but called me out of the blue and, and said, would we still be interested in going to Malvern Manor? And we said, absolutely, because they were going to let us in for free because I, cause I know them. Yeah. And we're like, God dang, you know, freaking Velisca's 30 minutes away. We'd be stupid not to make this a pair of twofer. And so we did. And, uh, man, we're almost getting too old for that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Now I remember you saying that, that that you'd been there. What what was your experience there? Um, well, I ended up getting really sick by the end of our night there, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um what did we get? We got on video and all that kind of stuff, the closet door in the kids' bedroom slamming shut. Um I have a really? DVD of yeah, we left the recorder inside in the kids' room, went downstairs and left. And every time we would open the door to come in, you would hear us, like, announce ourselves. But on the recorder, you hear the door open, but it's not that, like, big, heavy metal, like, wooden door that's there. It just, like, the screen mm-hmm. door that swings open and closed. You hear it walk upstairs. It, like, sits on the bed. And then, like, 10 seconds later, walks down the stairs. And it never leaves the house. And then, like, 10 minutes later, you hear my friend and I come inside. Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we crazy. didn't have that. We, we didn't get that lucky. We didn't have that kind of experience. Not, and, you know, this is the way it is. It's like trying to capture lightning. If you don't have the camera pointing at the right place at the right time, you're not going to get it. It doesn't mean lightning's not striking. You just you weren't at the right place at the right time. But we did exactly. end up capturing what I would say – we captured a handful of EVPs, three of which – I would consider class A and uh, one in particular, well, I've already posted on our, on our Instagram page. It, it, it's kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Me, me and JLo, I don't remember if, remember if I said this last time or not, but of the four that's on our team, we got a husband and wife, uh, a boy hug and his wife, Tina, they've experienced stuff throughout their lives. We had Huck on our show once. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'll blame the kids. I mean, why is it my lack of memory? Do you have any cold with her? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they they have experienced stuff throughout their lives, throughout their lives. But me and JLo, we're more of the skeptics on the team. But me and him were in there by ourselves doing our little session. We're up in the kids' room upstairs, and I just asked if any of the kids were here. And then we played it back. And, and what we've started doing, we don't do an EVP session if it, if we're not filming it. In other words, we just don't leave a digital recorder lying around or we, we always film it. And I'll explain why in a second. But so we're playing it back on camera and we we hear something. And it sounded like to both of us in response to my question or any of the kids here, it sounds like a little boy saying, Daddy. And it was creepy. And when I reviewed the footage of when I actually did, you know, the, the session, there nothing happened. So I, I think that's a legitimate one. But yeah. another one that was captured, it was down in the, the blue room downstairs. And me and, me and Jayla were leaving. We were going to let Huck and Tina have the house for themselves. We went out to the, uh, to the little barn out back. So 
as we left, I was letting them know, and I've got I got a device. Uh, I call it the WTF meter. It's a it's a some kind of static device that you can record a message to. So I actually recorded the message. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. So I actually recorded what the fuck, and it go every time it goes off, that's what it says. So I call it the WTF meter. <laughs> And I had it I had it in the middle of the floor in the attic, and I didn't want them to step on it, so I'm letting them know it's up there, and we leave. Now, they, they're doing their session, and when they do their review, they hear, and I swear, we actually posted this on Instagram as well, you can hear what sounds like a girl screaming bloody murder. I mean, it's horrific. It, it'll, make, it'll make the hair stand up, goosebumps, all that, until – we did the review of the camera that was in there and the audio on the zoom cameras that we use is so much better than those old school digital recorders that, that we all use for EVPs. You could hear that clearly what that was was shaggy opening the screen door and that noise that it'll make sounded just mm-hmm. like a girl screaming bloody murder. So that is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we do not record an EVP session unless there is a camera filming the whole thing. Because, man, it, it's it's mind-blowing what kind of just, you know, sounds that you wouldn't even, you don't even notice. But that digital recorder will pick it up, and your brain will translate that into words. It's that simple. And I think a lot of people, that's why I started calling it um, MNP, Misidentified Natural Phenomenon. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people suffer from that because... They, they just fool themselves. They're not hoaxing stuff. It's not that they're doing it on purpose. You know, this happened to us, too. In fact, the book at the Valiscax Murder House has the EVP that, that Huck thought they had captured with the female screaming because they wrote it in the book before we got back to the hotel and found out that it was just the screen door. So it's actually in the book. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah we but, wrote our EVP so, I mean, of the footsteps in the book. Dude, that's awesome. Now, they, uh, I think Huck and Tina said that they, they experienced some footsteps coming up the stairs. Uh, we, we didn't experience that. But the place, man, the place is awesome. I, I highly recommend if you get a chance to go, go, man. The place is awesome. It's it's nice and creepy. But uh, I got to say, man, for I us. I like that they give you the whole house. I said I like that they just give you the whole house, too. Like you're just in there with your group and that's it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Not all the places are like that. Some of them they no. they require you to have a, a babysitter, basically. <laughs> but um, for us, you know, after that we went, you know, we stayed at a hotel, and then we went um, Friday the thirteenth. We were at Malvern Manor, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason he was there, gave us the tour, and then uh, Josh showed up, and they hung out with us. I think we recorded an episode of uh, Ectoplasm Show while we were there. And they ended up leaving and just leaving the place to us. And we had some experiences there um, that were pretty interesting. Uh, have you all heard of Malvern Manor? Honestly, not a whole lot of it. I know that they went there on Paranormal Lockdown, and I know Johnny Hauser's doing that now on his show on the Haunted Space. But other than that, no, not really. Right, right. right. That, well, that's that's basically all I knew about it, too. I mean, uh, Josh also has a, another podcast called Conversations in the Dark that he does with a friend of his named Potter, who's also a co-owner in the building. And that's where I've got most of my information because they talk a lot about it there. But, but yeah, there was um, there was <laughs> several things that happened. It, the biggest thing that happened to me during the whole trip 
was at Mulver Manor. Uh, towards the end of the night, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm usually the last man standing. As a vampire, I work nights, so I can usually outlast everybody else. And they're pretty much asleep at this point. It's about five, maybe six in the morning. Lights actually starting to come through. And I go back to the area that's the nurse's station where the dark shadow figure is seen that, that uh, rushed Johnny and has, has scared other people out. And I'm trying to stir up some more. I'm, I'm basically the smart ass of the group, so I talk a lot of shit when I'm at these locations. Uh, I'm not like all Zach aggressive, but I do talk a lot of shit. But, so I'm sitting there, and I'm doing what I do. And I had just set the, the camera down. I was on a tripod, and I set it down. And I'm off to the side. I hadn't even had a chance to really step in front of the camera yet. And at the end of that hallway, at, at the very end of this particular end of the hallway, there's two doors, two specific rooms down there that are that are locked. They're padlocked. And out of that whole house, uh, that building, there's, I want to say, three or four rooms that you don't have access to. They're padlocked because before Josh and his and his crew had the building. Uh, the the uh, previous owner had actually rented some of the rooms out for storage, so for people you know in the town, and some of them still own those rooms. But it's just a padlock, so you, the door can still open and close about a couple inches. And man, I swear I, I put this on. I think I put this one on my personal Instagram. You can hear clear as day what sounds like a door close, like if it was just a few inches open and someone just like closed it like real fast. And it was loud. I wasn't talking. I wasn't moving at that point. That got my attention. That, that was, I, I can't explain that. There's no way the wind, there was no wind blowing through that hallway. So I can't explain that. But it was it was pretty interesting. Now, for Huck, though, he something seemed to be really fucking with him that night because, man, there, there was at one point, we're, we're upstairs in the hallway that uh, that leads to uh, Ina's room, which is the little girl that, uh, well, I think on Paranormal Lockdown they talked about this, where initially it was thought, it was believed that she was found hung by her own jump rope in that closet. But they did some digging uh, when Paranormal Lockdown was coming and, and discovered that she actually didn't die in that building. But people still... Uh, see and hear and report uh, a little girl running around, and so there's 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 something there that at the very least is posing as a little girl, which is which is possible because Josh's brother, who used to live in a a building that's that's within, you, know, you can look out the window and see Malvern Manor. He claimed that he'd be you know looking out the window, smoking a cigarette, and he could see into Ina's room, and she and he saw what looked like a little girl with a tall, dark, shadowy figure standing behind her. So that's kind of creepy. But So we're in that hallway, and I'm changing batteries out in the, in the camera that had died, and Huck heard a noise in the bathroom that was just to the right of us, and then he jumped and almost took me and the camera out because he said there was a female standing in the doorway, and when he saw her, she kind of lunged at him. And it now, of course just like trying to capture lightning, there was no camera pointed that direction, so it's just a ghost story, damn it. But it, it that was just one of several things that seemed to be – it was almost like something was, was, was messing with him. But I know uh, before that, when we were in the room that's called Inez's room, we were in him just by ourselves upstairs doing a session, and we both heard 
what sounded like a little kid whisper. So definitely more stuff was happening for us at uh, at Malvern, but man, that, that place is it's huge. It's it's they got a lot of twists and turns and upstairs, and it's it's a creepy place, man. I, I would highly recommend going if you get a chance. Yeah, I'm just on the website right now looking, and it's not that expensive either. So no, mm-mm. no, I, I want to say it's it's about half the price of uh, of Villisca. I want to say what Villisca is about four thirty, I think. Yeah, it's two hundred for the night at Malvern, Sunday to Wednesday, and then Thursday to Saturday it's three fifty for up to five people. Oh, that's right, that's right. The weekends are always more expensive. But uh, yeah, it, it it was a real creepy place, man. I I really was I was feeling both of them, but but personally, we had definitely had more experiences. Our team at uh, at Malvern, and, and I was going through. I mean, I was literally going through Malvern footage. Just before I called y'all, so it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> I went to Bliska in like 2012, and I still haven't listened to all my stuff. So, <laughs> wow, well, I know I know what that's like. <laughs> I still have EVPs from Hill House Manor. I got to go through. That's a, another place here in Texas in Gainesville that we we did not too long ago. And I think hopefully, if we can swing it, the the next what we call pay to pair play. <laughs> the next big place we're going to try to hit is going to be, again, here in Texas, it's a, a jailhouse. We haven't done one of those yet. It's the Old Lavaca Jailhouse, and it's actually only about two hours away from us. I, I'm, I'm feeling that. So <laughs> I want to say it's it's about 350 also, but uh, it's it's a nice two-story. I think it's around 10,000 square foot, so – Looks looks like uh, it may be next on the list. I'm hoping. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You guys need to make it up into the uh, northeast up here. Oh man, man! If I had it my way, I'd quit my job and do this whole time. I'd just get like one of those <laughs> big black vans and have our logo painted on the side, and we'd just cruise, go to every hot spot. <laughs> So we'll make sure it has windows. <laughs> so what would you, what would you do? What? You don't want to have a rate fan. <laughs> yeah. <No windows>. <laughs> <laughs> what would y'all say is probably the, the craziest place y'all have been to is, is yours, Velisca? Um, I'm going to put, yes, Ballisco was crazy, but I that was a lot of stuff I, like, realized after the fact, like, when we reviewed footage. The craziest place mm-hmm. I've ever been that things have happened is Letchworth Village in New York. Ooh. Now, what is that place? It's, um, it was an old, I don't want to call it a mental asylum because it wasn't an asylum, but it was just where. An institution. And, yeah, an institution for people with mental disabilities, like, back in the early 1900s basically and uh okay. it closed i think the late 80s to early 90s it closed because uh it got like exposed as being you know overcrowded abusive all that kind of oh, stuff. wow yeah and they actually now knocked that's down interesting. a majority of the buildings there's um a handful of them left it is super illegal to go into so we are breaking and entering and trespassing when we go but we still go and uh well, well. 
It's fine. We've had cops come. The cops don't care. They really don't care. But um, that was the first place I ever brought Christy to actually investigate. And that I, I made a friend. Yeah, they talk to Christy a lot when we go there. But we've gotten some crazy stuff while we've been there. And, and like, on video stuff, we had a full-blown, like, maybe 10-minute conversation on a spirit box with a Spanish dude who was giving us, like, intelligent responses back and forth, both in Spanish and in English. Yeah. Wow. Um, what else happened while we were there? We uh, the door slammed. Yeah, we the the one huge metal door slammed in one of the dorms when we were in there. Um, when we left the one night after like all this crazy shit happened, we were standing outside and there was nobody else in the building because we had just left the building and there's only one way in and out of these buildings is by crawling through a window. We crawled <clears> back <throat> out the window and we're outside and you just hear like chairs and desks and like big heavy things being like thrown about the building. It was crazy. Oh wow. Now see that's yeah. the thing I was I was most personally disappointed about my experience for Vliska. I wanted that closet door to open or close so freaking bad. I, that's probably why it didn't happen. <laughs> we had it I've open. seen it I, on we so many people's videos. Yeah, well, I have it on video. I'll have to post it. We got there at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was just my friend and I. It was just the two of us rented the house out. There was only two of us. So we decided before it got dark that we were just going to kind of, like, walk around the house or whatever. He was really skeptical and thought they had rigged the house. So he was, like, walking around the house to make sure there wasn't, like, you know, speakers in the walls and shit. But I was sitting on the bed upstairs. Yeah. I was on the bed upstairs in the kids' room. And in the kids' room, there was, like, this basket of letters that they put of, like, people that had written in, like, sharing their experiences so I'm literally sitting on the bed um the one like if you walk into the door of the bed right to the right against the wall right next to the closet Indian style on the bed put my camera down and my recorder down on the chair next to me and was just sitting there like reading the letters some of them I was reading out loud some of them I was just reading and you hear like like I felt like this gust of wind and then you hear like one two three footsteps and the closet door slammed shut so hard that it flung all the way back open and then closed itself. It was literally the craziest wow. thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, you gotta post that. I want to see it. Now it's funny. Now that you know, you telling that story did remind me that you know we we try to do you know whoever's interested on the team try to do solo sessions, and it's usually me me and Jayla do a lot of those. Well, it was my turn, and I'm in Villisca by myself, and I'm roaming, going around, doing what I do. And I'm up in the kids' room, and I didn't hear this live, but on playback, I can hear what sounds like a good, I want to say four or five really good footsteps. Sounds like man-sized work boot kind of footsteps. And my brain, I was like, okay, either this is somebody – three, four o'clock in the morning, rolling by the big town of Villisca with a bass system just outside booming, or I just caught the best footsteps I've personally ever caught. And I'm going to go with the footsteps because I think if somebody would have been cruising by basin like that, I'm old school, so I'm, I'm thinking about it from that perspective. But I would have definitely heard that, and I would have said background noise, some bass head just rolled by. But I didn't, so I I think I caught some footsteps. Now they didn't come on in and slam the door. I wish they would have, but but uh, but at least I got the footsteps. Now, what you said it's too crazy about that, that, that place they sounded, that they sounded oh, like big heavy work boots because our footsteps sound the same. It's like 
because we both ended up walking back into the house in the same way to try and like debunk the fact that it wasn't us. And they literally sounded like hard soled heavy boots. That's what the footsteps sounded like. Now, did you actually hear it with your ears live? No, we weren't in the house. We left the recorders going, one downstairs in the, like, the living room, one upstairs in the kids' room on the chair. We left, and you hear us leave, you hear the door shut, and then like 40 minutes later, you hear the door open and these footsteps come in, but only the one recorder caught it. The one downstairs in the living room did not catch these footsteps. Oh, that's awesome. It's funny, you know, yeah. the way all this paranormal stuff works, it, my brain says, okay, first of all, I'm not convinced. I don't believe in ghosts in the traditional sense, but clearly we're interacting with something. But if it's something that doesn't have a body and doesn't produce sound, how is it making footsteps? What actually is the mechanism that is creating the footsteps? It's just weird because I was in the room. And I didn't hear anything, but my camera picked it up. I don't get it. It's freaking weird. But that going back to what you'd said earlier, that place where you had uh, y'all's crazy experience, the way you described that place is pretty much identical to what Malvern Manor was when it closed down. It, originally, I think it was a hotel. And it's funny that what, what uh, Josh was telling us is it's believed um, first of all, we believe, and so so did the uh, uh, the tour guides at Veliska when I when I talked to them, and and the lady that, that gave us our tour because Johnny was off that day. She said Johnny feels the same way that it was not one person that that did this murder, and, and I believe that personally because I when you're in the ass mur- that ass murder house when you're in the axe murder house, it's freaking dead ass quiet. Right, and this is yep. back in the early 1900s. There was no AC. Windows would have been open. How in the world did this guy, one guy, come out of the attic and and split the father's head wide open, then flip the axe around, bash the, the wife's head in, and then systematically go room by room, snuffing out all the kids? And nobody woke up, screaming, running, nothing. I ain't buying that for a second. There was a team. There had to have been at least three or four people. That were that went in there and probably did it at the same time, maybe holding the kids down. It's horrible to think about, but it had to have been something like that. Um, so, you know, we're we're talking to them about that now. Josh had said uh, that it's believed that the murderers probably stayed at, at Malvern Manor because uh, it was a hotel back in that time frame, and probably rode the tracks right on into Villisca, did the dirty deed, hopped back on the train and headed back to Malvern. And and that's it, it the time frame seems to add up and would make a lot of sense why they didn't catch these people. And also, because I asked the tour guide there, because I had heard somewhere that there were this particular murder, the way it went down, how all the, the family was bludgeoned to death, except for the father. He had the sharp end, so that makes it sound personal. But the mirrors were covered. Um, this seemed like a serial killer or at least they wanted people to think it was, because there were several other murders in the surrounding area that took place the same exact way. So it almost seems like they were trying to make this look like it was the same serial killer who was doing those other things. But, uh, so yeah, so that went down. And then, did did y'all, did y'all hear the story about the bacon? Of Velisca? Yeah. 
No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. So now we heard about this, I think it was on Dead Files, but I've heard it other places as well. There was a particular uh, doctor, I think I think it was a doctor, who proposed the theory <laughs> that the serial killer used a – I guess the way bacon came back in the day, it was a big wad, and it came in like a dish towel or something like that, and uh, supposedly used it – how did they word that? They called it a masturbatory object. In other words, he whacked off with a big wad of bacon. Like, this guy is a real sick serial killer. But like the lady pointed out, we, we had so many jokes about that, I can't even begin to tell you. But the lady said – that um, it didn't make any sense because the bacon was never unwrapped from the dish towel. So how did he do that? And she said the theory that they actually believe what took place is they did find bacon. They found it in a couple spots, but it was used to throw the scent off for the dogs that were going to be tracking them. Now, that makes more sense than some weirdo, you know, fucking a wad of bacon in the Velisca Axmer house after he killed everybody. But that was proposed by some doctor. <laughs> Genius. So so they, they did that, rode the train back to, to Mulvern, and never got caught. That's the craziest part. But what ended yeah. up happening, you know, years later, getting back to what I was saying about the place y'all went to, is Mulvern was turned into not an insane asylum, but it was turned into a, like you said, like a mental institution where people needed assisted living and you know, that kind of stuff. And same thing you talked about the other place. They ended up getting shut down back in like 2005, 2007. Because the guy that was running it, first of all, did not have his licenses to do so. He was way understaffed. I think they had like two people that was there at night to watch all these people. And this was back when damn near every room was full. And things were crazy, man. There was like one – there was two two old guys that lived across room from each other. And every – or at least a couple times a night, it was reported that one of the guys would come into the other one's room and rape the dude. And crap like that was happening, and, you know, freaking uh, patients were getting uh, abused and beaten, and apparently that was one of the things that shut them down is the the guy who was running it uh, beat a guy so bad, one of the patients, that he almost killed him. And supposedly there's blood on the wall still to this day of that of that thing happening. But the probably uh, the craziest thing that, that we saw at Malvern was underneath the – the steps that lead to the attic, which the steps, by the way, are like a foot and a half wide. you got to go up one one person at a time and damn near walk sideways. They're so narrow. But the, the attic was, was furnished with, like, trim and all fancy, and they have no idea why it was done that way because you, you wasn't going to get no furniture up there. So one of the theories is, is that it was what they call a, a, a shame room. I think that's what they call it, where you'd, like, hide like a deformed child away or something like that. They used to do that back in the day. But underneath the steps is a tiny little space that they would put a chair. And if you were, if you were a patient and you acted out and they couldn't deal with you, they'd lock you in that little space for hours in the dark under the stairs. Freaking crazy. So that's yeah, they, that, that place. Yeah. But, but that's what I think about a lot of those mental hospitals or places that were used like that. They've got the darkest energy, them and then possibly oh. prisons. Definitely. I've never been to a prison. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's also on the list. I, I, before we 
before we retire, I would like to hit a, a full-on bona fide insane asylum, you know, and a, a prison. Those, man, because I bet if, if you're looking to really interact with something, you know, that's probably your best bet. That's my take on it anyway. We will take you to Letchworth, and I've never been there or taken somebody there when something hasn't happened. Oh, wow. That definitely sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's multiple buildings. Now, where, I mean, there's a couple, like, farm buildings. There's a church still standing. Um, there's the main building that had some, like, dorm rooms, but, like, offices and stuff. Um, if we can get down, which we haven't discovered how to get down, but um, underneath the buildings there's, like, jail cells and stuff. Um, there's a morgue. What else is there? The brain room. There's a, there's a room, and it's true. I found pictures of it where they used to, when people died, they would take out their brains and put them in jars to study them. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a really fucked wow. up place. If you see my profile, I'm like laying our, in a body. That, that's that life work. That definitely sounds like our kind of place, huh? <laughs> yeah, just know that it's not legal. <laughs> We're, yeah, we're we are definitely a special breed. <laughs> yeah. We've also been to the um, the Hinsdale House. I forget about that place sometimes. Up in um, it's now, I've heard New that York. name before. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I honestly, I do not remember the story. Do you remember the story behind it? No, because there's like a couple that go with it. I know that there's some things to do with Native Americans. An Indian burial ground or something. They have a there. lady in white that they've seen. But I feel like somebody got hung from a tree out back or something. Or something. There's like a bunch of different stories that surround this thing. But you want to talk right. about a fucked up night? That was a fucked up night. It was. And we were there with a big group of people because one of our friends was um, like hosting an event. Like he was there to be at the event, so people paid to come and investigate with him. So we went because you know we're good friends, and we really wanted to go. So we were right. We were good friends, and um, so it was a, it was a group of probably thirty of us, and they split us up into two groups, like fifteen and fifteen. And so like half the people would stay inside the house and do something, and then half the people would go outside because there's a bunch that happened in the woods and stuff. It started was we were all in the living room at one point and we were asking questions and it literally told our friend through the spirit box to go dig his own grave. Yeah. And Whoa. like first name, everything told him to go dig his own grave. Then we go upstairs and there's like claims that people have been strangled in this one room that's upstairs. It's like Mary's room. Mary's room. It's an upstairs bedroom. And, uh, so we break up a little bit, and, like, some people are sitting outside in the room outside. Some people are in the bedroom. And in the bedroom is me, Christy, and our one, two, three, four other friends. So there's six of us in this little room that just literally fits, like, a twin-sized bed and then, like, two other people, and that's how big the room is. So we're sitting on the bed, and it's, like, Christy, our one friend, me, other friend on the bed, and then our two other, like, one other friend standing by the door and one other friend standing by the edge of the bed. And our friend Sean is outside doing a spirit box session, so he's asking all these questions and stuff. And he gets a little um, religious sometimes, and I always feel like every time he starts to get religious or starts to, like, pray or say something, something bad happens. And it never happens to him. Mm. No, it always happens to me. So he starts getting, like, a little bit religious. And 
starts saying, like, you know, if you're still here, it's okay. You can cross over, like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here, and it's freezing. It's October, but in upstate New York, October upstate New York is, like, 40 degrees. Because you have lake effect, so it's yeah. always cold. So it's freezing. So we're sitting in this house. There's no electricity. We all only brought, like, hooded sweatshirts because we didn't think it would be that cold. So we're all sitting on the bed, freezing, trying to keep warm, listening to Sean go on and on outside. Nothing's really happening. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, guys, my neck is really hot. No one's listening to me. No one hears me. No one says anything. And it's a good, like, two minutes, maybe, give or take, that I'm sitting there like, hey, guys, no really, like, my neck is on fire, and I'm freezing. Finally, I stood up, and I was like, guys, really? And I, like, threw my arm out. Christy turned her flashlight on and looked at my neck. And I'll send you this picture when we're off the phone. I can't right now because we're using both of our phones. But it looked like two or three, like, burned fingerprints on my neck. And there's no way that I could have done The only way reason I talk about this is because there's no way I could have done it to myself because I was surrounded by one person on each side of me and our other friend was videotaping the whole thing in night vision and none of us moved. You just see me like move my neck around because it, it, you know, started to hurt. And it's, it was the, I, I was done after that. And I wanted also, nothing to do with that house. And it also didn't look just like a scratch mark. So you really, it literally looked like somebody had like, like it looked like a finger burned onto her skin and then like scratches. It was very, very weird. Yeah, and it blistered. It didn't go yeah, away. Yeah, that's it was, interesting. It mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very weird. I've and heard it was, about I wasn't, I was scratches, but it's not like that. Yeah, no, it was. I was so done with that entire evening. Yeah, we definitely have to send you that picture because if you can come up with an explanation, okay. we would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have never experienced how that uh, happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never experienced a lot of the traditional, you know, the scratches or cold chills. I've never seen, I've never seen with my own eyes a shadow figure. You know, a lot of, a lot of the classic stuff I have, unfortunately, have not experienced. The same with J-Lo. And I, I've kind of come up with a theory that, and I might have talked about this when I was on last time, but I, I think each of us vibrated at a different frequency. And I just personally think me and him vibrate at a certain frequency where we are not able to interact with this stuff. Like it might be whatever it is, is right there screaming, hollering, trying to get our attention, and we just can't interact with it. Whereas someone like y'all or Huck and Tina, they vibrate at a certain frequency that, that they're able to not only interact with them, they're able to physically, you know, burn them, scratch them, you know, do all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It's it's weird, but but I know us personally. When it comes to the the most active place we investigated, and again, I, I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but we got a chance to go with another team, um, just paranormal, and another local team, and they were going to a, a famous old hospital in our area, uh, closer to San Antonio. It's about three hours away. It's called Old Yoakum Hospital, and there's another. Uh, team of two Texas brothers who used to have a show called uh, Ghost Lab. I think it was on for two seasons, maybe. Um, they I didn't go there that during the show. Oh, you do? I do. I like that I, show. I really do. I, I'm, I'm usually pretty critical of a lot of the TV shows for obvious reasons, but I liked the way they operated. Now, they've openly admitted uh, since the show was canceled that they didn't like the way the network edited and, you know, because 
all the shows are the same. They do the creepy music and the sound effects and the reenactment and all that crap that I think just, they, you know, it makes it more entertaining, but it makes it less realistic. You know, people get, people get the wrong impression from these TV shows that if it's a place that's haunted, you're going to walk in the front door and, and shit's popping. Well, it, it's not like that, but, but, you know, we got a chance to get, cause he invited them to come with him to, uh, the old Yoakum cause they'd been there before. They wasn't able to make it. So he had two openings and he invited me and Huck to go. And I'm so, so glad that happened because again, in almost, well, in over eight years of investigating now, that was the most, I mean, that was like Hollywood level. It was like TV show quality because uh, we went, and about an hour after we got there, a thunderstorm rolled in, and I think that helped fuel all the activity we had because, man, we were hearing disembodied voices. We got amazing EVPs. We heard at one point we're downstairs, and, and what, what, a bit of a side step here, but what y'all's take on Ouija boards? We've done them, and nothing's happened. Yeah. So I, okay. I really, I okay. could take them. I'm not a big. I personally think it's a toy. I mean, it's, it's the intent. You can make a Ouija board out of paper and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's your intent to contact something. And to me, it's no different than using a digital recorder and a K2 meter. It's basically the same thing. Now, others have argued, well, the difference is you're asking for something to come in and move your hands to guide the, the planchette around. But when you've got a digital recorder in your hand and the K2 meter in your hand, and you're saying, come, you know, and interact with these devices, it's, I, I see it as pretty much the same thing. But I tried. I've got ADHD, so I have trouble sitting still and being quiet. It's real tough as a paranormal investigator. But, uh, you know, we get, they break out the Ouija board, and they, they wanted me to do it. And I'm sitting there, and about, you know, five minutes in, I'm bored of tears, and I just can't do it no more. I said, guys, someone else take over. This is driving me crazy. So the, the board that we were using was so old that the felt pads on the bottom of the planchette were so rough – someone else had to hold the board down because it wasn't going to slide real easy. So to me, that added some credibility to what actually happened. So I'm holding the board and Huck and one of the guys from the other team, Shannon, they're actually using the planchette. I mean, doing the thing and they're asking questions and nothing happened. Nothing happened. We heard a couple of noises, other, other places. And then all of a sudden, we heard what sounded like little kids' footsteps running on the floor, on the second floor above us. And then it sounded like it was to the staircase headed down to where we were. And shortly after that, the planchette just started. At this point, everybody's so bored with the Ouija board, no one's paying attention. But Huck is still talking as the planchette starts to drift to the left. And it keeps moving. And it's happening so slowly that. And we had had been so bored with it that no one even noticed it. And it's moving, and it took a few seconds for his brain to catch up to what was happening. And he said, are you moving that? And Shannon Shannon was like, no, dude. And it freaked him out, and he jumped. And when he jumped and hollered, everybody jumped and hollered. And we were hearing noises all over the place. Now, what was interesting about it is that before we started, JP, who is the the head of the other team, and one of the other guys, they – picked a secret word that only they knew 
and we were asking for the planchette to tell us what that word was. Now, according to them, and in fact, I, I say this every time, they still never told us. I still don't know to this day what the word was, but they said that the planchette was headed to the first letter of that word. Now, that could all be speculation. I mean, it could all be just, you know, I'm not a coincidence theorist, but, you know, it could have been what it was. But if you add in the fact that that planchette wasn't – and I I was watching their their fingers in the video because we filmed it, and I think Huck had like – Shannon had like two fingers on it, and Huck kept raising his fingers up because he, he said, man, I don't know this other guy. If it was you, I trust you. I don't know this guy. He might be messing with it. So he kept raising his fingers up and down. And I can tell you, from playing with that board myself, there was no way you were going to move that planchette with just two fingers. wasn't going to happen. So when you add that in and then you add in the, all the footsteps we heard and just the craziness of that night, I think that might have been something legit. But, man, that was a crazy place. I'd love to go back there. Old Gilcom Hospital. Crazy. That sounds awesome. That yeah. sounds like a place I would like. Oh yeah. In fact, that's that's probably we've been to more haunted hospitals, I think, than anything. We've been to Old Yoakum, we've been to Palestine, and we've been to Yorktown. We've been there twice, actually. That's another another pretty well known place. I think a lot of the big teams have been there. Uh, Ghost Adventures were there. A few others, I think. Yeah, it's, it's wild stuff, man. But, um, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, you know, I would love to someday go to Waverly Hills and uh, freaking Bobby Mackey's, obviously, in Kentucky. Those are those are in most people's top five. <laughs> Melissa and those two are I, usually up there. I've been to Waverly Hills. It's awesome. Really? It really is. But my biggest downside to it is you're let in there with 50 other people. So the way that they do it is you get in there and they break you up into smaller groups. So I ended up in a group of five. It was me and my two friends and then these two random people. So they break you up into groups of anywhere from five to ten people. And they split you up and you each get your own floor for an hour. So there's three floors and the body shoots. So for like an hour to an hour and a half, you get is it three floors or four floors? Four. Four floors and the body shoots. So for like an hour, hour and a half, you each get a floor. So like we started in the body shoot, then we were in floor one, floor two, took a break, you know, three, four, whatever. But my biggest issue was every time we would hear something or I would go back and catch something, because there's no doors and windows, everything's open to the outside elements, I would always Mm. sit there and go, well, what if that's the people above us? What if that's the people below us? What if they... So that I loved it. We had some crazy shit happen, but that's my biggest problem with Waverly Hills. Is there's just too many people in there. Too one. much contamination. Exactly. Now, I was under the impression that, you... that I was going to say I was I was under the impression that that you, from looking at their website that you can actually your team can rent the place out for the night, but it's it's like um it's like a hundred dollars a head with a minimum. Minimum of ten people, so you're looking at a thousand dollars. But if you you get yeah. together ten people, that supposedly, judging by what the website says, you can have the place to yourself. Now they do have a babysitter that stays, you know, in the area. I don't know if they actually hold your hand you to the place, the but with you at all they don't. They don't let you be in there by yourself. And the whole thing is rigged with cameras, so they're watching you everywhere you go. 
oh, that's not creepy at all. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, and well, that was option for us, too, because I only had two other people. And it's $100 even just to go in there with 50 people. So it's $100 no matter what. And it's worth it. Wow. I will tell you that it is worth it. And I did, it was the first place I ever investigated like eight years ago. We were randomly watching an episode of Ghost Adventures, saw it. We literally booked it the next day and drove 16 hours to Kentucky. Like, that's just how that Ooh. happened. Only yep. place I can say <laughs> in there that I can truly say that any evidence we got was the body shoot. Because when you go into the body shoot, they literally lock you inside. Like, it's this big nice. metal door that closes to the body shoot. And when the there was two guys, like, and they would split their time between all the floors, and they would literally lock you inside, and you couldn't get out until your hour was over. But once they closed that door, you could hear nothing. So that was the only mm. place that I feel like we didn't have anything that could have been contaminated. And then... Um, now, that's funny. We with, yeah. We were with two dudes that were, also, that were from Kentucky in our group, and we were in the first floor I guess at this point in like a big cafeteria kind of room and we were sitting down um like regrouping ourselves or whatever and our one friend walked off so there was four of us me my friend's girlfriend and these two random kids and it was pitch black you couldn't even see your own hand in front of your face and we're sitting there and I'm changing batteries and something and somebody's doing something and we're all must have been looking in the same direction because all at once all of us were like holy shit Everybody's like, did you see that? Did you see that? Blah, 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 blah. And we're all, like, going back and forth. So we waited until our other friend came back, and we each, like, kind of walked away with him for a minute to tell him what we thought we saw. We all saw the same exact thing. We saw this dude in a wheelchair roll across between the two doors in the room, just roll across in a wheelchair, and there was no one else in the building. So for all of us to see that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, the the, the body suit you were talking about, I actually heard um, – I'm a pretty big pod head, so I, I listen to as many podcasts as I can. And I don't remember which podcast this was or the guest, but it was it was a paranormal investigator who's who's more known. I think he'd been on a TV show before. Might have been Ghost Ghost Hunters. I'm not sure, but he was recounting a, a story he had, a personal experience in the body shoot. He's there by himself. He's doing a session, and he. I think he he said something about fixing to leave because he needed to get some water. He was thirsty. And he heard a voice coming from further down in the body chute say there's water down here. And it it you know it, it was a, it was a clear voice, sounded like a person and he was taken aback at first and and he thought well there was someone else down there that he didn't realize was there. And he and he said uh you know he asked oh there is a, who are you or or I think he started trying to talk to it, and it just kept repeating the same thing and telling him to come on down here. There's water down here. And uh, we all float down here. So he was like, <laughs> he was like, uh, I'm out of here, and he split. And that's where I think, I don't know if I'm just stupid. I'm a, I'm a special kind of stupid, but I wouldn't have been able to get down there fast enough because I've not experienced anything, and I will run towards it if I think there's something there. And when I there heard the story, I was – I know, right? That seemed like – You put down of all the end, places, and it's like, um, it's like a grate almost where they closed it off. It used to be open because they used to take the bodies out right onto the train tracks that are right there, but there's like a grate, mm-hmm. and you, you, um, you either walk down a ramp or walk down these really big, wide steps. And when you get to the bottom, I mean, when we were there, it was full of water. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's water down here. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. That is creepy, yeah. dude. That's a crazy story. Well, ladies, yeah. I'll tell you what. I could talk to you all all night about this, but as a vampire, i got to get ready and go to work. I would just say that um, if anybody's interested in watching our videos or, or, or looking into what we do, the, the, the main hub would be paraholics.com. And, of course, that's P-A-R-A-H-O-L-I-X.com. Now, the Perspective podcast has kind of been on hold. If anybody's actually following us, we hadn't put one out in months. And that has to do with, with Hux working crazy hours and life and all that good stuff. But I am part of a second podcast called uh, Conspiracy Analysis. And that's with my boy um, Nick the Coon. He's also on Instagram, at Nick the Coon. And we've got an Instagram for that podcast as well. And uh, we go over a lot of the same topics, but look at it more from a conspiratorial angle, you know, and just kind of analyze anything conspiratorial and paranormal. And we're just just as stupid as can be. So I'm sure you'll enjoy that nonsense. If if you like my brand of nonsense, then uh, you might want to check that out. (laughs) I have have uh, the PowerPoint. Instagram website and YouTube link on our podcast now, but I'll post the links to everything else too. So, awesome! Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank y'all again for having me on. I had a great time. Thank you for calling in. Glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if I ever get a chance <laughs> to make it up y'all's way, I will take you up on that offer. Go uh, check out some of those hot spots. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye. 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 All right. Well, that was fun. He yeah. is always fun. Yeah, well, we always enjoy him. I really do want to try and get Huck's wife on. Yeah. I feel like it's awesome when we get to talk to another chick. Yeah, that was the Shanna was really cool. She, I could probably get her on again, but I'm actually going to try and talk to that crystal girl and uh, see if she can. But until then, we will play our goodbye song, and we'll be right back.
And with that, we are out. We'll be back next Monday. Yes. I don't know what we're talking about. I'll come up with something to post so we can talk about. Maybe I'll be able to get Crystal on. I don't know. But uh, we'd like to thank Shaggy, and I will go ahead and go on our um, Facebook page and our Instagram and post the links to the uh, their YouTube channel and the multiple Instagrams that he was talking about, which are actually linked on the podcast. If you're listening to us on our podcast, links are on there. Um, but definitely check them out. They're awesome. He's awesome. Follow him. Um, but, yeah. Toodles. Adios.